What's going on, guys? It's Danny from Fantasy Stock Exchange here. And today, I'm joined by a good friend of the channel, a good pal over on Twitter. Garrett, introduce yourself, plug whatever you need to. Yeah, what's going on, man? It's, uh, I think, second year in a row. I'm, I've been back here to do a mock draft. You know, had to get the had to get the two-time coming in, so I'm, I'm happy to be back. Uh, you see on the screen, you can find me on Twitter at NFL Ballard. Uh, draft takes, bucks takes, whatever you want. Amen, amen. A super sharp individual over on the Twitter sphere. You know, I uh, had to flex out that little verify tag. You got to your name <laughs> now. But uh, yeah, uh, Garrett kind of alluded to it, but we're going to be going through a full first round NFL mock draft over on the TDN um, simulator. And, you know, I'm going to be handling the evens. You are going to be handling the odds. Let's kind of see what this looks like. You know, you got the fantasy mind, you got the NFL mind. Let's kind of see what we can craft up together yeah, in this little mock draft today. But before we do that, as always, we're going to hit the intro. All right, so we're back, and uh, Garrett, you're going to be handling the odds. Yep. First odd, of course, is that number one overall pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. Where are you leaning here at that first pick? Yeah, this is kind of a weird pick right now because no one really knows uh, what's going on with it. I mean, uh, earlier in the year, everyone was thinking Evan Neal or an offensive tackle because um, they have a need there, but then they franchise tag their left tackle again. Uh, so... No one really knows what they're thinking. And then everyone's like, okay, Aiden Hutchinson. But now there's stuff saying Trevon Walker is looking like he might be the pick there. So it's kind of all up in the air um, right now. But if it were me uh, looking at the available players, the positional need, um, I would, I'd personally take Evan Neal. I don't mind it. I mean, like you're talking about it right there, right? Franchise tagged Cam Robinson. It's not like, you know, he signed like, you know, a massive like five year, six year extension. Like realistically, we still know that he is a replacement level tackle. Like he's a, probably a decent to average starter, give or take. But if Evan Neal's staring you at the board or on the board and you're at that number one overall pick and you know you just invested that first overall draft capital into Trevor Lawrence just last year, just get him an all pro level potential type of tackle that we both agree that Evan Neal can develop into. So, yeah, I mean, that's where I would lean to. Again, we'll see what they do on draft day, maybe even if it's a trade spot. Uh, for this mock particular, we'll just kind of, you know, stick and pick. Maybe in a future mock we have you on, we'll yep. do some trades. But we got that second overall pick. And Real quick, actually, I do want to say the other thing about the Evan Neal pick that is uh, super attractive for Jacksonville that just came to mind. Uh, at Alabama, he played guard, right tackle, and then left tackle. So say you don't really want to replace Cam Robinson. Maybe you want to replace Juwan Taylor. You lost Brandon Linder, slide him inside. You got a, a lot of options with them. So. For sure. And th th that's a theme a lot uh, that I've noticed a lot in this offensive tackle draft is a lot of these guys do have positional versatility. I mean, you're talking about Icky. You're talking about maybe Cross can go to the right side in his rookie year, like similar to you know Tyron Smith when he was a rookie. There's a lot of options here with these top tackles. Evan Neal, plug and play. We know no matter where he plays, he's going to be very good, exceptional at. So uh, I'm fine with that valuation at first overall. Second pick here. Uh, there's a couple ways you can go here. Um, because we're a fancy channel, I kind of want to have a little bit of fun with it. Go I know. It. I mean, at the end of the day, if this happens in real life, we both <laughs> know that this guy's going to be a top three round starter pick. Malik Willis, quarterback from Liberty. My philosophy on quarterback is. If you're going to be taking a quarterback high, 
I want him to have a high ceiling. Like, so all this, you know, Kenny Pickett, Fugaz, like I just, I would, I would vomit, like vomit <laughs> if Kenny Pickett went this high. But I mean, with Malik Willis, yeah, is he a mechanically refined prospect? Absolutely not. I mean, this guy has a ton of work to do, but you're talking about athleticism. You're talking mm-hmm. about arm talent. You're talking about just general leadership qualities that he's shown throughout this offseason as well. I mean, I just don't see a way that Detroit can kind of look at a guy of his potential, of his ceiling, and pass on him at that second overall pick. Because, I mean, Jared Goff's not going to prevent you from taking a quarterback here. Yeah, definitely not. Um, You're right. If there is a quarterback you're going to want to bank on, it's going to be Willis. He also does have a lot of work work to do, but uh, by far the most uh, athletically and physically gifted. So no problems with it. For sure. Swinging for the fences here. You got draft capital make up for worst case scenario in the future. So I'm not at all concerned of taking a guy of this potential with Malik Willis. Either way, though, you're back on the clock. Houston Texans, the biggest wild card of this draft because they could go any single way imaginable at this. It is really, really confusing. I think the only place they aren't going to go is probably quarterback. Um, I think they're probably going to try and stick with Davis Mills for a little bit. Uh, but just looking at that needs, the team needs, you can see on the screen, um, I'm looking at edge or edge or cornerback. Um, I it's Aiden Hutchinson. Like, I mean, uh, if he falls to three, um, that should be the, the, I personally think Kayvon Thibodeau is better than Aiden Hutchinson, but I know the league probably doesn't. Um, so if, if he falls to three, that's a, that's a slam dunk pick. Yeah. I mean, I I absolutely love that pick. Obviously a, a Michigan fan here and, Let's be honest here. I, yes, did I think he was a, a super athlete? Of course. I thought he was a really good athlete. But, I mean, I think his RAS was, what, 99th yeah, percentile? It was like, insane. It was, like, this is a guy that's running a 6.733 cone at 265 pounds. Like, you just Crazy. don't find that. You don't. So, I mean, overall, I, we're, we, we're both in agreement there. Number three overall, if Aiden Hutchinson falls, given the reports, given everything we've heard this offseason, uh, I think he's gonna not going to hear his name last too much longer than that third overall pick so i agree with you there uh next pick fourth overall i mean the clear pick for me would be cave on thibodeau obviously yeah. there's some mumblings rumblings around the league that he may fall but i don't have the guts to be able to have him fall <laughs> past four here so yeah. i mean it, it, the match is absolutely heavenly i mean you're looking at it robert sala defense he needs that number one anchor pass rusher obviously you want to be able to rely upon carl lawson but I mean, he's coming off a torn Achilles, and realistically, if you could get a Kayvon Thibodeau to at least help ease Lawson back into game shape, at least help generate pressure when he's not at his full 100%, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau is well worth this pick, is already doing a lot of, you know, doing all the right things that you could possibly imagine that he can at this point, because I don't know what these reports were about his, you know, off-field issues but i mean why because the guy likes business in his offseason <laughs> yeah just, like i don't it's it's the same stuff with the different prospect every year uh thibodeau yeah. top probably top two top one he's probably one of top three at worst players in this class so um if if he falls below five there's a problem <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but uh speaking of five you're back on the clock here with the new york giants uh two picks in the next three so obviously the Giants had the the complete transition of um, head coach and uh, GM this offseason. Uh, so kind of trying to look at what uh, they, both of them are from the Bills. Uh, we've 
So I'm kind of trying to look back at how the Bills have approached recent drafts. And um, they like edge rushers. They love edge rushers. And there's a pretty athletic one sitting on the board named Trevon Walker from Georgia, who uh, who I think is going to be the pick here um, for me. Um, really high ceiling. Hasn't really shown a lot of pass rush yet. Great run defender. But, I mean, more often than not at edge, you're going to be able to translate that athleticism to pass rushing in the NFL. It just takes a little bit of development. Uh, so I think that'd be a, that'd be a, a fine pick for, for the giants. Well, for sure. And I mean, if we're talking about, you know, that, that, that wink scheme, I mean, realistically yeah. wink has shown that you give him an athlete at edge and he's going to be able to teach him the, the refinement, the actual trait to performance type of coaching that these guys need. I mean, we saw That's last true. year with uh freaking Jason Owe or Odafe Owe. Odafe Owe, Owe yeah. I mean, it's a, if you're going to find one edge rusher this year, that kind of has that profile that Owe had last year it would be walker you know not not a huge producer obviously an elite athlete good run defender already i mean you take him here at five you hope that you have the coaching the infrastructure to be able to get him to become a top edge and he's got all the traits to be able to take that step so i really like that pick i think uh edge walk edge rusher edge rusher edge rusher in a row is pretty pretty much sums up what this draft looks like it's a lot of <laughs> yeah. a, a lot of big boys this year that are going to go high and yep. Either way, I'm at number six overall. And listen, if I if the Carolina Panthers did take Kenny Pickett here, mm. no, I wouldn't be shocked. However, do I have the guts to take a subpar day two type of level quarterback over Ika McQuanu? There's no yeah, chance I, I yeah. am doing that. Like, I mean, Ika McQuanu, <laughs> this is just the definition of a absolute bulldozer obviously you know you're going to need some technical refinement there you're going to need some coaching there but you're talking about just raw talent raw strength raw movement ability for his size i mean ika mcquanu is a a plug and play level tackle and getting him here at six overall when you had an absolute turnstile going for your left tackle just last year no brainer for me carolina make that play yeah that's a that's a I mean, if that happens, they got to run, run in the card. Like there should be no yeah. question about it. Um, obviously there, there might be some, uh, Matt rule happening, uh, that ends up yeah. with Kenny Pickett in Carolina, but, <laughs> uh, that's a good pick, uh, back on the back on the clock with the giants again. Um, they got themselves set up for a nice little draft here. Uh, obviously we addressed the edge at the last one. So I'm kind of turning to the offensive side of the ball, uh, to the offensive line, um, specifically tackle Charles Cross is sitting right there back-to-back tackles Charles Cross crazy athlete uh one of the more uh, uh do I say refined yeah ref- his pass sets are crazy he knows how to pass block um needs maybe a little bit of help uh run blocking but uh we've seen Brian Dable and what he was able to do with Josh Allen um they're going to be passing the ball a lot uh so Charles yeah. Cross for sure. And again, like, do, does he have to play left right away? Are you like, are you comfortable with him playing right for a year? If Andrew Thomas, you know, doesn't want to give up that left role. I mean, Andrew Thomas is also a good tackle in his own right. Yep. But I feel like Charles Cross has the ability to play either side, whether you need him at left and you want to move Andrew Thomas, whether you want to put him at right, leave Andrew Thomas at left. There's a lot of versatility here with Cross. And as you mentioned, probably the most technically refined pass rusher, even out of these top tackles, maybe Evan Neal gives him a run for his money. But yeah. in terms of straight technique, in terms of straight footwork, straight hands, I mean, Charles Cross, technique-wise, absolutely phenomenal. Top and That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So seventh overall, great value there. Number eight overall. 
Atlanta Falcons. And this is, uh, as I close this tab, this is a, this is a, an interesting decision point because there's three different ways I would approach this pick. You can go best corner available. You can pair Sauce Gardner over there with A.J. Terrell and have a young, studly quarterback duo for the next 10 years. That's one way you can go. The other way you can go is taking best player available. Kyle Hamilton's on the board, number eight overall. I think he'd be well worth the pick. Only problem there is, according to all these NFL media circles, he may even be closer to a 10, 11, 12th overall selection. So that's where you can go. And the other way you can go, obviously, you lost Calvin Ridley. You have nothing at wide receiver right now. I mean, we're talking about Zacchaeus, Kaderil Hodge. I mean, other than Kyle Pitts, it is a complete train wreck at wide receiver. And usually I don't like having need dictate my pick here, but with their current status at wide receiver, <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it is pathetic. Yeah. Like even if Calvin Ridley was playing, you would still need another wide receiver for sure. And I think Garrett Wilson would be a perfect fit for what they tr- are trying to do on offense. You're getting, you know, obviously Calvin Ridley's missing this year. You're getting that pseudo Calvin Ridley, Deontay Johnson level player to plug in and Basically, force feed 140, 150 targets right off the bat. Definitely something we'd want to see in fantasy, but eighth <laughs> overall draft capital, put Garrett Wilson there with the Falcons. Just let him cook. Yeah, man. Garrett Wilson's a great player. Uh, one of the more refined route runners in this class. He knows how to manipulate blind spots like nobody else. So super, super impressed with his game. That'd be a great pick for the Falcons. Okay. Yeah, back, on the clock? back on the clock here, the <laughs> Seahawks. Oh, man. Now, I could do a Seahawks thing and pick a second round player at 10 uh but i'm not gonna uh this is a tough one because um from everything i've kind of seen they're like yeah drew lock is our guy uh but he's not going to be their guy in like two games um they need offensive tackle they need an edge rusher oh this is hard actually i'm trying to just think through it show me the quarterbacks is it pickett Pickett, Ritter, Corral, Howell, you name it. <laughs> man, oh man. <laughs> this is tough. I think I'm just going to go and uh, give them – they have – who are their edge rushers? Daryl Taylor. Uh, who, who's the guy they took in the first round? Of couple, LJ Collier? LJ – oh, man. They, God. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to – you know – yeah, sure. I'll give him Jermaine Johnson. A good pick. I mean, he's obviously received a lot of buzz recently. Yeah. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the cycle, he was more so like a one-two type of pick, showed his athleticism a little bit, and now everybody has him going in this top 15 type of range, which given the strength of this edge rusher class, I wouldn't be shocked if they just fly off the board because people are realizing, hey, would I want a productive edge rusher or would, would I rather have, you know, a subpar quarterback after, you know, Malik Willis goes off the board, so. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they actually do end up taking a quarterback, but like I can't bring myself to it. <laughs> so, I feel that. Yeah. Well, I, I, and I, I'm back on the clock here, and obviously the, the top three tackles, in my opinion, in your opinion, for the most part, kind of wiped out here. I'm not yeah. taking Trevor Penning just to take Trevor Penning because he's got a clip of him at the Senior Bowl, just you know, putting <laughs> someone in the dirt. Like throwing, I, it, throwing the defender at his quarterback's ankles. Like, yeah, yeah bro. I, absolute jokes. Um, there, there are two ways you can go here. You can give your quarterback ammo from the defensive end, having a lockdown type of corner to be able to build around. 
or flat out, you can give Zach Wilson exactly what he needs to be able to process on offense and the pick I'm going to be making. Get Zach Wilson a 50-50 ball playmaker. I, obviously, Drake London can do everything. He's Mike Evans pseudo, if you will. Like that, That's what I see out of Drake London. After the catch, as a route runner, he can do it all. But the, the, the thing that Zach Wilson was missing last year was just a big physical receiver so that if he's rolling out, if he's facing pressure, I mean, let's be honest, that offensive line freaking stinks already. Mm. Uh, it's got potential, but realistically, it's not where you wanted it to be at from a rookie year Zach Wilson level. Now, is it going to improve second year? I absolutely think so if Be Mekhi Becton is able to return and George Fant keeps up his play. But either way, outside of Elijah Moore, you need that 50-50 ball in the air, go up and get it type of wide receiver. And I mean, Drake London is a perfect fit for what Zach Wilson has really needed since his transition from BYU to the NFL. So getting him here, letting him play X for you, letting Elijah Moore run your Z slot type of role uh, for this team. Uh, obviously, you're, you're you're planning potentially running more 12 personnel with Conklin and Uzama both coming in. Having Elijah Moore on one side and Drake London on another is going to be the ultimate wish of a guy like Zach Wilson. For sure. Uh, you know, they got, yeah, like you said, Elijah Moore, stud, love Elijah Moore. Um, the only, that's, I think, where the difference between me and you comes in the fantasy. And then the I would have <laughs> maybe leaned towards a, a corner there. Sorry. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely don't hate it wide receivers are always you need you need good ones so um, i mean we've seen the market this off season alone just absolutely insane blow up i mean outside of what edge rusher and quarterback now like wide receivers getting paid the third highest in the entire nfl from just yeah. a production standpoint like you you pay a top receiver 30 million dollars you're paying a top quarterback a lot of money and let me just yep. ignore that uh and you're paying edge rushers a lot of money so i mean overall like maybe in the past you would you know lean it to the other position but for, for me sure. personally like yeah man. given what we've seen from the market just take take the player and run with it either way yeah, you're on the clock me. here what do you think yeah you're 11 11 um looking at i think the next three picks are going to be pretty straightforward um top the remaining three players are all studs uh yeah. it's it really for me comes down to sauce gardner or kyle hamilton um kind of looking at man they just need secondary help it's pretty bad yeah. in Washington. Um, I'll give them shout out to Matt Valdivino. So I'll give him Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, we've been hearing him pound the table on the, the Kyle Hamilton to uh, Washington narrative for probably the last few months. Yeah. Now it's starting to look realistic. We're having it in yeah. mock draft. So uh, definitely going to have to link him this video so he can celebrate, you know, maybe pop, pop a champagne <laughs> bottle over it. But either way, I mean, you mentioned next three picks should be a no brainer. I mean, if you're at 12 here. Obviously, you have a ton of needs in the secondary if you're the Minnesota Vikings. Getting Sauce Gardner here, just lock it, set it, forget it. Not much rationale to be talking about. Obviously, in the secondary, you're getting arguably the best corner in this draft at 12. Yep, 13, pretty straightforward as well. Uh, you got the edge rusher. Your next biggest need is going to be cornerback. Derek Stingley just proved that he's a freak athlete still. Yep. Shocker, I know. But healthy, ran a 4-3-7, no-brainer. Yep. Absolutely agree. Uh, I'm uh, I'm on the clock here with the Ravens, and there's two main considerations I have here, or, or three, if you will. Do you want that do-it-all type of defensive back, you know, like a Trent McDuffie that can make plays on the back end, that can give you versatility on the outside, give you versatility on the inside, and overall provide you a ton of depth for the nightmare scenario that they faced last year in their secondary where every single person got hurt? That's one way you can go. Another way you can go, you can get another edge rusher. Another way you can go... And the one that I, I don't think I can pass on here. I mean, Jordan Davis just seems like a freaking Raven. 
I mean, you plug yeah. them in, you let you let them run that middle of the defense. Like nobody's gonna be able to run the ball on you. And I mean, another way of getting your secondary help if you don't want to draft secondary is just getting an elite run defender to have less people commit to the box. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, obviously, it's gonna it's kind of like not looking the best for his pass rush outlook just because of his time at Georgia. But I mean, he's got the athleticism to do it. Uh, it's yeah. just whether or not they can, they can actually get him to do it. So um, I love Jordan Davis. think he's a, he's a great, great player. So I have no issues with that pick um, on the clock here with Philly. Uh, hmm. Cornerback edge wide receiver. Uh, they got obviously Devonte Smith last year. They have two picks this year after trading one of them to the Saints uh, for a 2023-1. I don't think I'm going to go wide receiver. Edge. Can you show me the edges? Got you. Yeah. Ah. Big don't boy, love the Georgia. value. Fair. Love George Karloftis, but he'll he'll be there. Like, I, I don't think the NFL is going to love probably. him. Yeah. Um, corners. I, you know what? I'm just going to give him Andrew Booth. I love Andrew Booth. This, this guy is a freaking stud. I know people who have more uh, connections to the NFL than I do have him falling out of the first round. Um, but I think that guy is a phenomenal cornerback. Press man, off man, play him in zone. Um, he does it all. Freak athlete, great ball production. He's tremendous. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a good value here. You're getting a phenomenal athlete that's fluid, that can stay in phase. And, I mean, it, it, it's a no-brainer here. 15th overall, you're the Eagles. You don't have to draft for need. Just take the best overall players at each of the spots. Yep. Either way, on the clock here, 16th overall with the New Orleans Saints. And I know if you're making this trade, you're eyeing a quarterback, in my opinion. Like, yeah. if you're making this trade with the Eagles, you're eyeing a quarterback. And... Do I want to go gutty given some of the NFL media rumblings I've heard and take Ritter over Pickett? Or do I want to just play it safe and, you know, have the comment section not take my head off? <laughs> go pet, uh, Kenny Pickett? I'll go Pickett here, but I, I would not be shocked if Ritter ends up hearing his name called here with the Saints. Well, yeah, one possibility that's just like out there now that the Saints have two teen picks is them trading up. Yeah. possibly into the top 10 to try and get the guy they want. So uh, I, I definitely think quarterback here as well. Yep, for sure. So we'll have Pickett here. Uh, may or may not have another one in this draft. We'll see. You're on the clock here, though, and this is about to be as fun as possible uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers. A lot, obviously, a lot of moves that they've done this offseason. Where are you leaning here for them? I lean into your defensive line. Uh, I think that the dream pick for them is Jordan Davis. Uh, obviously he's not available anymore. Um, so I kind of look to the next best option, which to me is Devontae Wyatt from his teammate from Georgia. Um, it's really funny because like Devontae Wyatt, still a great player, is pretty much the opposite of Jordan Davis. Um, dude is an incredible pass rusher. He knows how to get between the tack between the guard and the center and get into the backfield. Um, and that doesn't mean he's a he's a poor run to feather either. He's obviously not as big as Jordan Davis, but no one is. Um, so, uh, that, that's obviously not going to happen, but good defensive tackle can do everything well, um, especially pass rush. So, I mean, yeah, saying anybody could be as close to as big as Jordan Davis. I mean, Jordan Davis from a size standpoint is literally like the defensive version of Makai Becton. It's terrifying. It's just straight. The fact that this guy runs a four, seven, just makes he's so no big. It's, he's so <laughs> fast. It's crazy. It's, it, it, it's just silly. So, uh, 
Either way, though, we're back on the clock here with the Eagles. And I say here, you know you have two first-rounders next year, two second-rounders next year. You already kind of labeled this as the Jalen Hurts year of bust. Get Jalen Hurts a wide receiver, too, so that if he falters, guess what? No excuses. You had the core here. You had the offense. You could have done something with this. Yeah. And if he succeeds, guess what? You have another wide receiver, and then you have two first-round picks to address it next year. And obviously, again, if he fails, you can always trade up for a quarterback. Either way, long-winded answer to say, I mean, if Jamison Williams is falling here, you just take him. Like, if mm-hmm. you're the Eagles, just take Jamison Williams. Obviously, Devontae Smith is your more possession, body control level type of player. Obviously, with Jamison Williams, you're working the deep portion of the field to open up a lot of that underneath for Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. So, I mean, with Jamison Williams, he, there's no other mover like him in the entire class. I am fully convinced that if he was healthy for that combine, he's pushing mid four twos. That is how okay. fluid of a mover he is on tape. And we've seen recent studies, recent medicine, recent science. This ACL injury is pretty much a fugaz. Uh, if people want to say it's going to affect his draft capital, I fully disagree because people know, hey, six, seven months, recover, you're back on the field. Yeah, even Dane Brugler, who is probably the best draft guy out there, um, said that a lot of teams still view him as wide receiver one in the draft. So there's a he might not even last to 18. Like <laughs> He might go well before this. So yeah, that's a good pick for sure. Saints back on the board. Um, they kind of lost a lot this offseason just because of the um, uh, money situation they have. Yeah. And I don't think not getting Deshaun Watson helped uh, because I know a lot of people like Teron Armstead were weighing that in their decision. But uh, they need a wide receiver, man. Like uh, Michael Thomas, who knows what's going on with him. Uh, they don't really have anyone else outside him. Uh, I am looking at... Personally, my wide receiver one, that is Traylon Burks. Uh, the dude is, I can't say a bad thing about him. He, <laughs> like, you can say he doesn't really, he's not the most refined route runner, which is fine. I, it's viable concern. But when you watch him do everything else, that kind of doesn't matter anymore. Uh, well, you can line him up in the backfield, in the slot, outside. He's going to burn your corner. He's going to bully your, your linebackers. He's going to run block he'll do anything you want and we know the saints love that kind of player uh that kind of just team first do it all uh so yeah i mean they've seen that for the last few years with chris godwin over in tampa bay having oh yeah physical yards after catch type of beast that Traylon burks and be in. and you mentioned the, the refinement the nuance i mean realistically do you need Traylon burks to be fully nuanced when he's playing alongside michael freaking thomas yeah like let him do his thing let him be yak guy let him be you know deep guy let him be get the ball in his hands and watch him freaking move and run someone over type of guy like he could do all those things all those little things that you you have michael thomas to be able to handle the the grunt load of the uh route running the possession game the intermediate game just let Traylon burks do his thing and what he's elite at and this is an interesting fit that i haven't seen a lot but i actually really like with burks of the saints because nobody talks about it but man like the draft capital makes a lot of sense the fit makes a lot of sense and the trade up would in, uh, indicate to me that if they if they don't end up trading up for a quarterback and they have two picks in these teams, one of them should be a quarterback and one of them should be his next I best agree. weapon for the next ten years. I think Traylon Burks fits on literally any team. You can use him however you want. So I'm love it. Absolutely. So uh, I'm back on the clock here, and again, mm. comment section. You can come from my head here. I know it. <laughs> uh, there's a, a lot of rumblings right now on Sealers Twitter about. Uh, 
a potential love affair between the Steelers and Desmond Ritter. Yep. So uh, I'm going to poke some fun at it. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll make Go it a reality. It. Desmond Ritter, quarterback <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, you have Mitch Trubisky. If you're play- complaining on a first-round quarterback, then I don't know what to say. I mean, Desmond yeah. Ritter, am I in love with? Absolutely fucking not. But, I mean, I know some people in the NFL media have this guy as the straight-up quarterback one. If he gets top 20 draft capital, if you're getting an athlete at this spot at 20, with uh, obviously the acumen, obviously expected draft capital from a fantasy perspective, he's going to be a first-round type of rookie pick. We have to accept it. Yeah, he's – I mean – He's not my wide receiver one, or quarterback one, sorry, but there's a like you said, there's a lot of smart people out there who uh, who have him as quarterback one. Um, tested well at the combine. The Steelers obviously are kind of shoehorning themselves yeah. into needing to take a quarterback with the way they're handling it. So, yeah, it's pretty straightforward, understandable pick. Yep. Uh, All right, twenty one Patriots. So. I'm kind of looking at, you know, obviously everyone's going to be like, oh, just take the white receiver. But um, th- that's a Patriots, obvious, obvious Patriots joke, but they don't really do that. They, I wouldn't be shocked if they trade down from this pick. They seem to like to trade down in the first round frequently. Um, but I'm kind of looking at linebacker um, uh, at a guy out of Utah named Devin Lloyd. Um, kind of cerebral, good in coverage, good run defender, does it all well. Um is I feel like this is going to be a guy that Bill Belichick really likes and can kind of form into a player that he likes to, you know, kind of mold in his own way. Uh, Devin Lloyd, do it all linebacker, going to do it all for the Patriots. So, I mean, it's simple to me. This is like your, your new age, Jamie Collins, if you will, that kind of do it all guy that is tall, lanky, adept in zone coverage. So if you put him in zone, he's going to be able to cover that middle of the field. Obviously, a lot of versatility being able to get after the passer. I mean, there's just really nothing he can do on a or, or he can't do on a football field. And that's something that we've seen in the past that Bill Belichick really loves to prioritize from his linebackers. Absolute Patriot scheme fit here. Get Devin Lloyd. I like the fit there. Another pick here is going to be very interesting. I'm picking here with the uh, Green Bay Packers who uh, – actually acquired this pick in the Devontae Adams trade. Well, guess what? You're not going to get Devontae Adams here, but you, you got to get a wide receiver. You and, have to. Uh, for me, obviously, these top three guys would be the the decision point. I have Olave the highest, and I know Olave in NFL media circles is considered the best of this group. So as a result, just get get him, uh, get Aaron Rodgers a, a surefire, you know, uh, consistent separator on a down-to-down basis, and Chris Olave can – really fill that role to a T for an Aaron Rodgers led offense. Yeah, for sure. The best wide receiver left available on my board. Um, Really good possession receiver, not the greatest run after catch receiver. His run after catch numbers are actually really really A little bad. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he knows how to run routes. He knows how to get the ball and he knows how to um, hold on to it. So good receiver, good player. Um, Just don't give him the ball in space. Really? (laughs) Well, get the it to him in space. He won't do a lot with it. But. <laughs> He's literally the opposite of Traylon Burks. It's, it's hilarious. Really funny. Yeah, it's, it's very funny. Um, yeah. All right, back on back on the clock here this time with the Cardinals. Um, Cardinals had a bit of a <laughs> Kyler Murray scare this offseason, uh, but that was all nothing. Um, this is interesting. Uh, I think, you know what? I think... They obviously lost a, a pretty important player uh, named Chandler Jones. 
to the Raiders. Love what the Raiders did this offseason, by the way. I think they did a great job. But yeah, um, even yeah. the the under under the radar move was the Rockets in trade too. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, they're, yeah. they're we're not going to be talking about them here, but they had a great yeah. offseason because they don't they they happen to pick Devontae Adams with their first rounder. So yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> can't, go <wrong> there. <laughs> can't really go wrong there. But uh yeah, I'm looking at a name I love, uh George Karloftis from Purdue. Uh people are kind of hesitant on Karloftis, which is um kind of un- not understandable to me. I think he's a stud. Um obviously he didn't really test uh like people like Aiden Hutchinson or any of that, but this, this he- is the one of the most advanced players I've seen use with like his hands. Uh, how we can get to the passer doesn't really matter. He has inside counters, can go on outside, um, strong, uh, should be a no-brainer for sure. And uh, when you consider the fact that his, uh, you know, Greek name is Yoros, like I mean, stock up. Am I right? <laughs> oh, but, uh, for sure, man. <laughs> uh, we're we're on the clock here with uh, my beloved Dallas Cowboys. All of you watching can see that all the jerseys in the background <laughs> there. But uh, it's a, a decent decision point. Now I'm gonna just quickly call out TVN's needs list because I mean I don't know why after re-signing J. Ron Curse, Malik Hooker, safeties are number two need, but either way, I mean they, they clearly didn't watch either of those guys play last year. Uh J. Ron Curse in particular was like a top 10 type of safety. Either way, long-winded answer to say, I mean, Zion Johnson makes it to you here. There's no there's not a glaring falling wide receiver, in my opinion. Like if a trail on Burks, Chris Olave fall, obviously that's a different scenario, but Without those like top receivers falling to you here, getting, in my opinion, the best offensive lineman left on the board with Zion Johnson. I mean, you talk about it. Center versatility, guard versatility, obviously an elite athlete that we saw in the combine. Absolutely had a great day at the senior bowl. I mean, this is a, a plug and play level interior offensive lineman. So getting him here at 24, especially with what we saw from the Cowboys offensive line down the stretch last year, I'm running in the card. Yeah, you just stole my Bucks pick, so that has me <laughs> upset. But Zion Johnson's a freaking stud, man. He's so good. So good. He's so good. Um, the only other name I think I'd probably consider there is Linderbaum. Um, that's that's one I considered, but given the 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 like the like the the common archetype that we've kind of yeah. you know grown to see with our offensive linemen, I feel like the Cowboys have more of an issue with a McGovern starting at left guard rather than a Biotish starting at center, which okay. again, both of them kind of struggled last year, but I feel like from, from their perspective, you know, you're getting that sturdier, stronger, if you will, type of guard in there. I don't know. I, I just feel like the NFL media might not realize how good Linderbaum is. So oh, yeah, he's he very fall. good. Definitely. Yeah, very. Uh, so on the clock here with uh, the, the bills lost their offensive coordinator, lost one of their high ranking front office members. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how they kind of attack this pick, but it definitely won't be edge rusher because um, they've done that like too much in the last few years. Maybe they do it again just because of the bills. <laughs> oh my goodness. That'd KSR. be crazy. <laughs> but um, I'd need to go corner. I've gone corner here. Like the last, like five, like f- f- however many mock drafts I can remember. I've wanted them to get someone opposite Tredavious white for the longest time. Uh, and that kind of exposed itself this season when he got hurt. Uh, yeah. It ended up not being like, we saw what happened in the Kansas City game. They could not stop anybody in the playoffs. Um, so uh, I think Trent McDuffie, good player. Uh, obviously a bit more uh, zone-oriented, but um, has the athleticism, uh, has the experience. Washington pumps out good corners pretty regularly. So 
Well, I mean, uh, let's just talk about it real quick. You think about McDuffie and what he provides you from a versatility standpoint, being able to play inside and out, being able to be a physical player in the run game too. I mean, you're talking about a guy that is not afraid at all. Like this is just the, the, the classic no fear type of corner that I really think, I mean, look at a couple of years ago when they selected Trey White. Trey White was that, you know, raw dog type of corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, McDuffie, ha- McDuffie has that to his game that I-, I really liked when watching him. So get McDuffie here, 25th overall. Great fit, as you mentioned. Need a guy to play opposite of Trey White. I mean, the value kind of aligned itself perfectly there for McDuffie to the Bills. But I'm back on the clock here with the Tennessee Titans. And... This is a tough point. This is a tough one. Do you want a wide receiver to be able to compliment AJ Brown? Yes. Like you want that. But then when you're comparing the board and you're seeing, you know, do you go with a Trevor Penning? Do you go with a wide receiver? I'll take some of your input here because I'm truly stumped whether to go receiver or Penning. It is tough. Um, Did they, did they make a move? Did they get a receiver this off season? They got Robert Woods. Yeah, so I think that's probably uh, enough to make it so they don't have to force a wide receiver pick here. Um, So I'd probably go Penning if those are the two that you're kind of... Perfect. I mean, speaking of Penning, you're you're, you're basically getting his quote-unquote comp that's already in the building there with nasty little Taylor Luan. So, (laughs) I mean, I don't mind pairing those two up. But either way, your favorite team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're on the clock here. If the board fell this way, where are you kind of eyeing? So I think I'm really different than a lot of Bucks fans, um, especially if Nadama and Sue comes back, which it's looking like he's probably gonna. Um, a lot of fans think we need IDL early, but uh, if the board falls this way, it's just not a good board for the Bucks for interior defensive line. I mean, the only name I'd probably consider here is Devonte Wyatt, and he went ten picks ago. So like, yeah. um, obviously we just signed Keanu Neal. Uh, to kind of <laughs> fill that Jordan Whitehead role. We signed Logan Ryan to play nickel. Uh, so they've really shored up the safety position um, yet again. Uh, wide receiver, despite signing Russell Gage, going to get Chris Godwin back from injury. They are still looking at wide receiver. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go there either. I'm looking at cornerback because I have very little faith in these corners outside of Carlton Davis. Uh, Jamel Dean flashes, but far too inconsistently. Sean Murphy bunting is not good um, to say the least. So um, I'm going <laughs> to make the, uh, the, the biggest Homer pick of them all here and go with uh, my guy, Kyrie Elam from my school, the Florida Gators. Um, Kyrie Elam is, I, I was reading Dane Brugler's uh, um, draft guide, the beast, tremendous work yet again, but um, he comped him to Carlton Davis. Uh, but, Instead of running a four-five-five, he ran a four-three-eight. <laughs> yeah, so that's... long, fast, f- crazy fluid hips. He's like six-one, uh, has good ball production. This would be like if if Zion Johnson's Zion Johnson would be the pick if he was there uh, for me. If he's off the board, I'm taking Kyrie Elam. So, yeah, no, I I absolutely agree with your assessment there. I think Elam would be a great fit in that Buck secondary. Oh. Uh, I gotta say one more thing. If you Go are gonna it. come into the comments as a Bucks fan and tell me that you don't want Elam because Vernon Hargraves, shut up. I need you to <laughs> stop saying that because it's dumb and you sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, here, the Packers is a mm. tough, tough spot. 
Yeah, it is. Because it's like you, you, you want to go with one of these interior offensive linemen with Linderbaum and Green. But, I mean, if I'm looking at their depth chart, my, I mean, may, maybe Kenyon Green because Royce Newman, whatever. Yeah. Maybe you 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 keep Elton Jenkins inside. You play one of them. At, I don't know what your plan here is on that Green Bay Packers offensive line. Elton Jenkins gives them at least some flexibility to kind of to play tackle guard or yeah. center. Like he could he could do he any could do one of those things. Yeah. So I I agree with you there. Uh, it's a tough spot because if if Ujabo was fully healthy, this, this would be, be the perfect fit for him. If he's fully healthy, he's not here. <laughs> he's not, for, he's, for sure. But uh, because he's hurt and you're looking at the fact that Green Bay is a win-now team, yeah. would they take a chance on a guy that has a unlimited ceiling but may not be there for the first month of the season rehabbing from his torn Achilles? That is the decision point you have here. I think, honestly, you have Elton Jenkins who has the positional versatility. Getting another guy with that type of versatility to help you on that offensive line, especially if anything were to happen again to David Bakhtieri, who we've yep. seen over the past couple of years miss a lot of time due to injury. Get a guy like Kenyon Green. Obviously, he's not the prototypical tackle that you would want to replace Bakhtieri given his length issues. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy that can play all over the line guard, center, tackle, you name it. Just get another Elton Jenkins in the building and yeah. let that offensive line kind of figure itself out. Kenyon Green, 28th overall. We can both agree that's a value point in the draft already. So getting him here, especially when you need O-line, perfect for the Packers. For sure. Okay, on to the Chiefs who have had yeah. a... Seems like all their other competition in the AFC West has gone up and they've gone back. They're gone forward and they've gone back. Um, obviously, the, the most recent one being the Tyreek Hill trade because they couldn't pay him. Um, so that's uh, kind of where I'm going to look. I'm going to look at getting a wide receiver uh, for one of these two picks. Um, can you flip me to wide receivers real of course. quick? Yeah, I got nice. you. There's one guy that I, or two guys that I'm really, really eyeing right now. <laughs> yeah, so the the guy I'm going to pick is uh, Sky Moore. Um, he is really good, and I know the Chiefs have uh, a lot of interest in him. Uh, this is a guy from a smaller school, Western Michigan, but um, he he knows how to play the position in just about any capacity. Uh, the guy, um, great route runner, great with the ball in his hands, um, Chiefs mold at wide receiver. So, Yeah, I mean, we I, I talked about it on our matchmaker. I'm not sure if this is going to come out before or after that video, but I mean, you're talking about basically Golden Tate 2.0 to replace that sort of yak, low dot role that – People don't realize, like, Tyreek Hill was a low dot yards after catch receiver last year, given the way defenses were scheming against the Chiefs. If you're needing to replace that type of role, like, Sky Moore is the perfect fit to be able to do that. Uh, so, I mean, I fully agree. 20, 29th overall, I'd absolutely love that. And as a result, he'd be a first-round fantasy uh, rookie pick. So, uh, mm. absolutely agree there. Other pick, I mean, I'm running up to the podium. I'm picking Daxon Hill. I mean, yep. you got he got versatility here. That that Tyran Matthew type of role. You want him to play on the line and guard a slot receiver. You want to play him. Uh, want him play him. You want to play him deep, cover that middle of the field. He is such a fluid athlete with such a versatile skill set that if you're just playing match matching uh, uh, from a Chiefs perspective, you want to say, okay, I want to get my best athlete and I want to make sure he's doing as much as possible. On my defense, Daxon Hill is your freaking guy. A pleasure to be able to watch him to play the uh, watch him play these last few years at Michigan. He's going to be a phenomenal pro. Yeah, I love Dax Hill. You know that. Um, yeah, one of my favorite players in the draft. 
Okay, on with the Bengals, who have had a pretty interesting offseason. Uh, they got some offensive ta- offensive line help. Um, uh, show me the tackles real quick. I want to see if there's just Raymond. Oof, yeah, I'm not going to take a tackle. Um, <laughs> there's one uh, name that is screaming at me right now. <laughs> on the tackle list? No, on the oh, overall honestly. list. I mean, oh. you, you... Linderbaum. Yeah. Yeah, like you... I... <laughs> yeah, for sure. Take Linderbaum. Um, I think they did sign a center, but Ted slide, yeah, slide sure. one of them to guard. I don't care. Just get good players on the offensive line. I mean, at the end of the day, my philosophy is if a like you know an average level starter is keeping you from taking value, then you didn't deserve that value oh. to begin with. Yeah. Linderbaum it can step in mm-hmm. and have a Creed Humphrey level rookie season. I feel like that, that's the projection for him. Like, if he doesn't have you know, a top five to seven center season, like, we're going to be like, oh, like, we didn't expect that. Like, yeah. that is the level of athlete, the level of brain, the level of raw strength. I mean, I think everybody in the NFL circles have already seen that video of him and Worf's wrestling in high school. But <laughs> it just kind of goes to show you that a 290-pounder being able to stay toe-to-toe and win against Tristan Worf's in wrestling, in a physical, strongman type of sport like that, like, again, is it fully translatable uh, to football? No, but is it fun right. as hell to talk no, about? So Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, moving off, I mean, you, you take Linderbaum, whether you play Karras at guard, whether you have him as a, you know, a rotational type of guard, whatever you or into your offensive lineman, whatever you need to do, take Tyler Linderbaum, do not look back, protect Joey B, a uh, little, little uh, nugget there, but. Either way, 30-second overall pick. We are on the clock here. I'm on the clock here with the Detroit Lions. And tough spot uh, Tough spot here. You you took, obviously, Malik Willis with that uh, second overall pick. This is your Ojabo spot, in my opinion. I mean, if you're the Detroit yeah. Lions, you are not pressed at all to have to win now. Take a swing for the fence, you know, 10 to 15 type of sack potential guy that uh, David Ojabo represents obviously again our sacks the the, the BL and all right Josh absolutely not but it, in the right system you're talking about a guy that can be one of those most fluid easy moving type of edge rushers those bendy guys that we look for on a year-to-year basis if you're getting one luckily falling to you due to an injury in the offseason when you are not a contending team make that pick slide the pick in don't worry about anything else yeah, the, the line, that was really funny. The Lions really high risk, high reward uh, yeah. picks that draft. But uh, the only other player I think I'd consider there at 32 for the Lions is Boya Mafe from Minnesota, who Fair. I think is fits that same role. Really explosive, really fast pass rusher. Um, but if they want to be a bit safer, they could go with that because of the Ojabo injury. But For sure. So uh, overall, we'll go over the uh, the picks that we made and kind of wrap up the video. So you guys can see, obviously, if you watch the video, top five will look like that. Neil Willis, Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and Walker. 6-10, Iquanu Cross, Wilson, Johnson, London, Hamilton, Gardner, Stingley, Davis, and Booth, Pickett, Wyatt, oh yeah, Pickett, Wyatt, Williams, Burks, and Ritter would round out your top 20. Then obviously at the tail end of your draft, you're looking at Lloyd, Olave, Karloftis, Zion Johnson, and Trent McDuffie, Trevor Penning, Kair Elam, Kenyon Green, Sky Moore, and Daxon Hill, a little Chiefs pairing right there. And then finally, last two picks, Tyler Linderbaum and David Ojabo. So any closing thoughts you have on this first round mock, or should we just wrap this up? I think it was great, man. We could just wrap oh, it yeah. up right here. If you don't got anything for sure. Uh, only thing I'll say, make sure you guys go check out uh, Garrett over on Twitter, NFL Ballard and all of the great work that he does over there. Make sure again, if you're not following me on Twitter, Danny football 59, you know, I'm pumping out a lot of shit posting type of content all the time on there. I have a good time on Twitter, but 
Either way, appreciate having you on. Hopefully you guys enjoy this mock draft and we will see you soon.